listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to jump right in. I'd like to say just hi to everybody, but I'm going to do it in one just big hi, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Good to be back in the chair. Good to be back in the studio. Um, I wanted to talk this week, the time that we have these four, it's going to be a four-part series starting tonight. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, all at nine o'clock Eastern time. By the way, if you're jumping on, share it right now with somebody. I want to talk to you about this. There's, there's a lot of, let me just say it this way. When you get into the end of a year and especially, you know, Christians, we talk a lot about this. We're getting ready to cross over into a new year and, um, you know, we should be expecting God to do new things. We should be expecting things to change or transform. Um, You may have a specific word you're standing on. What the Lord spoke to me, if you're a part of this ministry, if you're a part of the Victory Tribe, uh, the thing that's been heavy in my spirit since the early fall is that 2023 is going to be a year of transformation. And I'm going to tell you this week what what I mean by that. We're going to deal with how that's going to come to pass, how that's going to be possible. Um, Now, let me, I always say this anytime we get ready to go into a new year. It's not because there's something specific about 2023. I didn't find something hidden in the Hebrew text, you know, of, of Leviticus, and it just worked out to something 2023. And this is the special prophetic year. It has nothing to do with that. Your faith will always move God. In fact, if you're taking notes and putting things in the comments, I would have you start with that. My faith always moves God, always. And so we should come into a new year with an expectation that God's going to do more than we've ever seen him accomplish in our lives. Our faith should be set ahead of time. And so as the Lord kept impressing this uh, in my spirit over and over and over, Uh, this transformation in 2023, he began to uh, show it to me. It popped out in my spirit from the word of God. And uh, obviously everything we believe, everything we do should be based on the written word of God. I'm going to encourage your faith tonight uh, with what God put in my spirit. And we're going to start at the beginning of talking about what it's going to take to have, as I put in the title, a record-breaking year. A record-breaking year. That's it. Put it in the comments. My faith always moves God. My faith always moves God. And so we're setting our faith for a record-breaking year. So why, why, why does it have to be a record-breaking year? Why do you believe? There's always the, you know, somebody in the comments. Why does it have to be a record-breaking year? Why can't God just be good? You know, why do you always have to make it about you? Because the reason I do that is because the Bible tells us that if you're a part of God's righteous people, if you're a part of the kingdom, Psalm 1 is clear, those types of people, they will be like trees planted by the riverbank that will bear fruit in their season. Their leaves will never wither and they'll prosper in all they do. That's never ending increase. In fact, the Bible goes on, a scripture we quote all the time, to say in Proverbs 4.18, that the path of the just is a shining light that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Your path is not supposed to get darker. It's supposed to get brighter and brighter. So you don't expect less from God. You expect more from God. You expect it to be better than 2022. And this might've been the best year you've ever had, but you expect it to be better than even your best. Because God is able, now think about this, he's able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you can ask or think. That's what Ephesians 3.20 says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that works in you, that's the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not expecting less in 2023, 
I'm expecting more. And of course, you know, uh, if you're connected to this ministry, that we've announced we're launching a church. Well, that's one of the things I'm expecting in 2023. Miraculous open doors as we launch Miracle Word Church. I can't wait to get messages from every one of you saying you're selling your homes and moving out of your apartments and moving to South Florida to be a part of Miracle Word Church. I would love it. No, I'm not telling you to leave your church or anything like that. But some people, the Lord's already spoken to them to do that. I'm excited about it. I know big things are ahead for 2023. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to what God has prepared. But it's not just going to fall into anybody's lap. It's not just going to be automatic because uh, we're Christians. In fact, I'm sure you know that if you've looked across the body of Christ, it's not the same for everybody. Uh, there are some that seem like they're thriving and there are others that seem like they're barely surviving. What's the difference? How can we put ourselves in position to thrive in the kingdom of God, to have a record-breaking year? And that's what I'm going to talk about. And starting tonight with the very first thing the Lord showed me about this, the very first thing the Lord showed me, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Dean and Brian said, we're coming. The Burtons said, we're coming. We've got others that are telling me, we're coming. And I can't wait to see you. Letty knows she's coming at some point to Miracle Word Church. There's others. They're coming. And uh, I'm just telling you, we've met with people already from that area. They're coming. They're excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to see um, what God accomplishes through Miracle Word Church. Um, Romans chapter 12. I want to start with this because this really is the basis of everything we're standing on and believing for in this new year. If you're looking for a theme text, a theme verse for 2023, this is it. What I'm getting ready to read to you, this is it. This is the theme verse for this upcoming year of 2023, the year of transformation. Uh, Romans chapter 12, and I'm gonna read verse number two. Romans 12, two, listen to this. Uh, Paul writes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hallelujah. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, let, let me break that down real quick before we move forward. Notice, notice what Paul said there. Notice what he wrote. Do not be conformed to this world, but, or instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the first thing that I want you to get, and this is a very important part of this, and so I want you to put it in the comments and put it in your notes. If I don't transform... I will conform that you've got to understand that that's such a huge spiritual principle. If I don't transform, I will conform. If I don't transform, I will conform. So with, with understanding that and seeing that it's a command, do not be conformed to this world. So that's a command from the Apostle Paul and obviously from the Holy Spirit. Do not be conformed to this world. So we know it's not, it's not God's desire for us to conform to this world or its system. But what's the key? Instead, be transformed. Be transformed. So if I don't transform, I will conform. There's no question about that. If I don't transform, I will conform. But notice he didn't leave us hanging. He instructed us how to transform, right? He shows us within the verse. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. So if I want to transform, I have to renew my mind. Put that in the comments. Now there, there it is. There it is right there. If I want to transform, I have to renew my mind. 
I have to renew my mind. God's not going to transform you. It's not going to happen on accident. You can't put it into cruise control. If you want to transform, if you're looking for transformation in 2023, then you must renew your mind. No question about it. And I'm going to talk to you about how to do that tonight. This is part one of this four-part series. If I want to transform, if I want transformation, I must renew my mind. I'm going to talk about why too. Talk about why. As I get ready to talk about why, uh, Tiffany and I read a book that was called, um, oh, now, now the name just slipped my mind, James Clear, Atomic Habits. I've, I've recommended it to you guys before, Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is something that blew my mind, and I've shared this with you before, but think about how much sense this makes um, when it comes to renewing your mind. Because how you think about things is everything. How you think about things is everything. And one of the things that he found in a study was that people who were trying to quit smoking, there was a very different end result for those that were trying to quit smoking because, and he noticed the thing that separated them was how they thought about themselves as they quit smoking. And he said the first group of people were the people that always fell back into the habit of smoking. Whereas the second group of people were people that never went back to smoking. And he said the first group, when they were offered a cigarette, would respond, no thank you, I'm trying to quit. No thank you, I'm trying to quit. So what does that say to you when they respond that way? No, I'm I'm a smoker, but I'm trying to stop smoking, right? I am a smoker, but I'm trying to stop smoking. He said the second group responded, no, thank you. I don't smoke. Very interesting. No, thank you. I don't smoke. Do you see that what happened? It, they, they both were in the, the journey to quit smoking, but notice how the second group of people, they had changed their whole identity. They changed their whole identity in their mind, who they were. The first group, I'm trying to quit. Second group, I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke cigarettes because I'm not a smoker. It's not who I am. It's the same thing. He was talking about people who uh, were trying to, you know, exercise on a regular basis and and change their diet up to be more healthy. And he said one man uh, made it up in his mind to start saying, no, I don't eat that. Even, Even though he wasn't like a professional athlete, even though he didn't, he wasn't on any sports team or, or anything like that. He started referring to himself as an athlete. He started referring to himself as an athlete and he started to say, no, athletes don't eat that. No athletes work out. They don't stay home. They work out consistently. Athletes don't skip days. Athletes go to the gym consistently. Athletes don't eat that. And so what did he do? He renewed his mind, changed his mind to a new identity, looking at himself, believing something about himself that he wanted to be true. Now that's natural faith. That's not faith in God. That's natural faith. The same faith that you have when you sit down in a chair, believing that it'll hold you up. That's natural faith. But do you notice that these people, even by using natural faith, were saying, no, that's not who I am anymore. This is who I am now. And because this is who I am now, I don't do those other things anymore. I only do the things that I'm believing that defines the new who I am. That's powerful. And understand this. This is what many Christians miss, but it's, it's, it's something that the Bible is very clear about. That if you don't transform, you will conform. But the only way to transform is by the renewal of your mind. So the question becomes, how do I properly renew my mind? That's the question you want to put in your notes. That's what we will answer tonight and talk about how it happens. How do I renew my mind? How do I renew my mind? Well, I want you to look now with me at Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five is an eye-opening verse that talks about the power of the cleansing agent that renews your mind, washes your mind. Ephesians chapter five, and uh, let me read you verses 25 and 26. 
Ephesians 5, verses 25 and 26. Listen to this. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by what? By the washing of water with the word. There it is. By the washing of water with the word. By the washing of water with the word. That's the system. That is the cleansing system. That's the sanctifying system. By the washing of water with the word. So the word of God is a cleansing agent that actually has the power to renew your mind. To renew your mind. To renew your mind. In fact, when Paul the Apostle was talking about how you're supposed to think, did you notice the the phrases that he would use? Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Well, we've never been to heaven. So when he says, set your mind on things above, he doesn't just mean think about heaven. You've never been there. You don't know heaven. You don't, you, you, you've not, you've not spent time on the streets of gold. You've never walked through the pearly gates. So when he's talking to all these Christians and says, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, that means spiritual things. Well, I tweeted something today that I think is people need to get it. And that is, it's a mistake for Christians to take advice and guidance from sources that are not biblical. Just some idea that a a secular person has or, you know, some specialist has. The Bible is very clear that God has given us, in fact, I'll turn there now with you, 2 Peter chapter 1. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says that God, and I'm going to read verse uh, 3 to you, 2 Peter 1, 3. God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the what? Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. I'll read verse 4 to you as well by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature. Glory to God. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So let me stop there. Do you see what the Bible says? God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What are they? Through the knowledge of him who called us. So let me just say this very plainly. The only knowledge you can acquire about God is found in the scripture. There is no other source of information to understand God's character, his nature, his will, his purpose. None. There's none. You can't get it anywhere else. I, even in the tweet, I said, you know, even for people that say, well, you know, the Bible says we can, we can know about him through creation. No, the only thing that the Bible says in Romans 1 about that is that creation condemns those who say there is no God because he has manifested the fact that he exists in his creation. That's all it says. You can't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by studying nature. doesn't work that way. It comes through the preaching of the word. So this word is the only resource that gives us any information about the nature and the character, the will and the plan of God. Just this word. So notice it says through the knowledge of him who called us. So The way he gave us all things that pertain to life and godliness is by giving us his word. And his word carries 
equipping and cleansing power. Put that in the notes, put that in the comments. That needs to be in front of your face all the time. His word carries equipping and cleansing power for your mind, for your spirit. God's word carries equipping and cleansing power. Now, one of the things the devil would love is for you to think less of yourself than Christ made you to be, Christ called you to be. He would love that. He would love for you to walk in guilt and shame. He would love for you to walk apart from God. He would love to strip you of your boldness. He would love to strip you of your confidence and your faith. Because see, the enemy understands that if he can strip you of your confidence, your boldness, your faith, uh, and make you insecure and riddled with guilt and shame, it will affect whether or not you're intimate with God. It will affect it. There's no way that it does not. It always. Guilt, shame, insecurity, they always affect your intimacy with God. It makes it hard for you to have a close relationship with God. That's why when we're reading in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, the Bible is very clear that you've got to boldly approach the throne of grace, right? Boldly approach the throne of grace. If you're filled with guilt and shame and insecurity, you start to think, well, I don't deserve to be in his presence. I don't deserve to talk to God. I don't deserve to approach the throne. That's what the devil wants. Because if all you do is focus on your past and look at who you used to be, instead of reading what the Bible has said you are currently, then you will live in that old mindset and you've not renewed your mind. How do you renew your mind as to who you truly are to gain that boldness that God's called you to have, to gain that faith, that security, that boldness by reading his word, by letting it cleanse your mind. You've got to believe it as you read it. Think about that because it's not just about reading it. You've got to believe it as you read it. You know, there's atheists that read the Bible just to debate Christians in public forums. There's Satanists who read the Bible just to debate Christians in public forums. The devil knows the Bible, tries to twist it and use it for his own purposes like he did with Jesus at the temptation of Christ. It's not just about knowing it. It's not just about reading it. It's about believing it when you read it. I believe it. And that's why the apostles said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we believe, therefore we speak. I'm speaking what I believe to be true. So when the Bible calls me a new creation in Christ Jesus, I don't doubt that. I don't say, yeah, but you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I don't say that. I don't think like that. I don't live like that. I don't act like that. I don't walk like that. I don't go around saying what other people say. I go around saying what the Bible says. So if what the Bible says contradicts something I've said my whole life, I need to stop saying it and say what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that we're old sinners saved by grace. How many know we're all, we're all sinners? No, the Bible doesn't teach that. If you're a sinner, it means you're not on your way to heaven. Is it possible for Christians to sin? Yes. But that doesn't make you a sinner. You're not dead in your trespasses and sins once again. Amen. Yes, you should live a holy life, but does it mean that you have been now separated from God and that you're, you know, now dead again in trust? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you have the ability to repent and that he, that is Christ, is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So uh, I don't go around telling everybody, how many know we all, we're all sinners? No, I don't say that. I'm a new creation. And I think of myself. I have to think of myself and you have to think of yourself the way God thinks about you. You've got to talk about yourself the way God talks about you. I, this is a massive point I'm making because I can't tell you how many Christians are held back by this. 
Well, you know, we've never had anything in our family. So, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. I mean, people say stuff that they've heard their whole life. Don't say those things about yourself. Yeah, you know, nothing ever seems to work out for us. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. And say what the Bible says. Say that you're more than a conqueror. Say that you are uh, an overcomer through Christ Jesus. Say that you're the head. Say you'll never be the tail. Say you're above. Say you'll never be beneath. That you're blessed wherever you go. Don't talk like the rest of this world talks. Renew your mind to what the Bible says. And then line your words up with what the Bible says. And don't allow your, catch yourself. It's all right to catch yourself and say, you know what? No, I take that back. I'm not, I'm not, I don't say that. Cancer doesn't run through my family. No, diabetes does not run through my family. No, alcoholism does not run through my family. No, joblessness does not run through my family. No, domestic abuse does not run through my family. My family is filled with peace. My family is filled with joy. My family is filled with healing and strength. My family is filled with blessing and prosperity and opportunities. I mean, that's talk like that. Talk like that. Say, thank you, Lord, that you're a God that goes ahead of us, makes every crooked place straight. Thank you that you open up doors of opportunities for us. We thank you, Lord, that 2023 is going to be the most productive year we've ever had in the kingdom in the name of Jesus. I thank you more souls are coming in than we've ever seen saved. I thank you that I'll win more people to Jesus than I've ever won to Jesus. I thank you I'll sow the largest seeds I've ever sown in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, you're giving me my own business. I thank you. I mean, you start thanking him that he's able to do what nobody else can do. I refuse to contradict the word of God with my own confession. You know why? The reason I refuse is because the Bible declares, and God said this about himself in Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways Higher than your ways, says the Lord, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. So rather than me trying to think something up and say, God, why don't you jump on this? No, I'm going to get in his presence. I'm going to read his word. And then I'm going to jump on what he's already saying, what he's already doing. And not try to come up with, reinvent the wheel. The Bible says in Psalm 127 in verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So <clears throat> I have no desire to do something God's not in. I'm going to renew my mind and be led by the Spirit. I'm going to say what the Word of God says. So the Word of God has the ability to equip and cleanse your mind and your life. So the Bible says that He gave us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Susan said, I caught myself the other day. Uh, I said, oh, I'm not too bad. She was going to say to somebody. And then she said, no, I'm blessed. I'm doing great. That's right. Yeah, I'm doing far better than not too bad. I grew up in a, a place where the colloquial response was, Hang, I'm hanging in there. I'm sure you've all heard that before. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm not hanging in there. That is so far from the truth of what I am doing that it's even laughable to say it. How you doing? Well, I'm hanging in there. I'm not hanging in there. I am so, now I'm not, as, again, as I've said before, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run down a charismatic cliche list of everything everybody's ever said after a church service. How I know I'm too blessed to be distressed. I'm under the spout where the glory comes out. I'm blessed in the city and in the field. I'm, you know, my pocketbook's blessed and my body's healed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to run down a hundred different, you know, cliches, but at the same time, when I speak about myself, you know, I, I, I will say, I say it sometimes to make people laugh, but I'm telling you, I'm doing so well because of what God's done in my life. It blows my mind. I'll say it to people someday, sometimes because they're not used to hearing it. And you should see people's heads snap up, especially like in a drive-thru. I guarantee you people at Taco Bell do not hear this from people. <laughs> like I'll go, <laughs> I'll go through to pay my bill and, and you know, they just ask because it's, it's routine. How are you doing today? And I'm like, this is the best day I've ever had. <laughs> you, you should see, you should see people's heads snap up and they're like, wow, that's, that's great to hear. 
That's really great to hear. I was, I was with, uh, I think I was with Zach. I can't remember if it was Zach or where, where I was at. And we went through a drive-through. It was Zach. And we were going through Taco Bell. It was late. And um, <laughs> they asked, how you doing? I was like, best I've ever done. This is, I'm telling you, best I've ever done. I'm doing so great. So the girl was like, wow. And the one girl was like, man, I wish I could be, do good like that. And I was like, you got cash app? And she was like, yeah. I was like, get your cash app out and I'll scan it. And she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. I scanned her cash app and I, d- I dumped some money in her cash app. She's like, man. <laughs> I was like, now your day's great. We're all doing great at this point. I- I'm just telling you, you should watch. Because everybody, you know what? People are used to hearing other people, uh, you know, just say, oh, you know, not too bad. You know, it's the standard response. And I'm telling you, we're doing so much better than that. It's ridiculous. How you doing? Well, not too, not too, or man, the best you might get is if somebody watches Dave Ramsey. How you doing? Better than I deserve. Uh, let me tell you, that might be true, but we're doing so wonderful, overcoming more than a conqueror, uh, seated at heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above all principalities and powers. Everything's under our feet. You know, you th- think about that. Everything's under my feet. That'd be a funny thing to say to somebody to drive through. How are you doing today? Everything's under my feet. <laughs> I'd like to see people's faces if I said that. How are you doing today? Everything's under my feet. <laughs> like, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about principalities, brother. I'm talking about powers, rulers, and dominions in every name that's named. <laughs> Like, uh, okay, here's your chalupa. That would be a hilarious thing. I might try that. Hello, sir, and how are you today? Everything's under my feet. The word of God. Let me tell you something, brother. Um, the word of God carries cleansing and equipping power. <laughs> Oh man, cracking myself up tonight. Um, just happy to be back with you. <laughs> Here's your chalupa. Um, cleansing and equipping power. So one thing you know is true is that the word of God will cleanse your mind. So when we, when we recognize this, watch this now. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's how you do that. And I I believe truly this is what we're doing even when we guard ourselves, right? You saw Susan, she said she just did this when she was at the um, grocery store and asked by the the checkout lady how she was doing. And she said, um, you know, I, I, I was getting ready to say I'm doing okay. And then she checked herself. What was she doing? Well, that was her that was her thought process at the, at the moment, right? That's how she was going to respond. But what did she do with that thought that was going to become her confession? She took it captive and she changed it. She took it captive and she changed it. And I love this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, listen to this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now listen to verse five. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. One translation says we take every thought captive, making it obey Christ. Taking every thought captive making it obey Christ. And so what, what happened? And that was a, what, what she just gave as her testimony that, thank you very much. That was a a perfect, uh, real world scenario where she could have gone one direction, but she went another direction, took that thought captive. Why? Knowing that that's not what the Bible says about me. That's not what the Bible says about me. And then what did she do? Took it captive and made it obey Jesus Christ. Made it obey Jesus Christ. So then what? Changing it. We speak 
what we believe. Like the apostles said, we believe, therefore we speak. Amen. And I don't go around telling everybody, you know, that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I talk about the fact that I am a new creation, that I'm not even the same person I used to be. That person is, was dead in trespasses and in sins, but God raised me up together with Christ and made me sit in heavenly places with Christ, a place I could have never gotten on my own. But because of what Jesus did, we're not the same person anymore. So notice that the word of God. So here's a question. What would cause you to know, and I, and I do want you to answer this in the comments section. What would cause you to know that a thought that was coming should be taken captive? That's right, Brother Glenn. I, I want you to put that answer in the comments. What would let you know that a thought that came into your mind should be taken captive? How would you know? How would you know which thoughts should and which, which thoughts shouldn't? There's got to be a way for us to know and to decide. There it is. Lena Perez in the comments with the first answer. If it doesn't line up with God's word. So see how the word of God cleanses? It cleanses and equips you because the only way you'd know, see, because there was a time in your life, I'm sure, where you didn't have any problems saying those things about yourself. I'm sure there was a time in your life you didn't have any problem, you know, just saying whatever came to mind. But then what happened? You were taught the word of God. And when you were taught the word of God, it cleansed your mind. It began to cleanse your mind. And so then what happens? Then those things now bounce off of the mirror of God's word, right? And now a thought comes in that you didn't used to think two things about it. You used to just say it. But now a thought comes into your mind and you're like, hold on, that's not what the Bible says. So what happened? The Bible set a standard in your mind. The Bible set a standard in your spirit that now if something doesn't line up to the standard, then I deny it. I take that captive and I make it obey Jesus Christ. You see, that's what she did. That's what I do. Oh, it doesn't mean, listen, you know this as well as anybody. Just because we're making these decisions, say, you know what, we're going to have transformation in 2023. I'm going to see God do more than we've ever seen him do. You know, all these things. That doesn't mean thoughts aren't going to st still try to come to you. Listen, I've been preaching for, you know, 20 years, over 20 years now. Preaching for over 20 years. And you think, well, he doesn't have to deal with that, any of that. He's a Holy Ghost preacher. No, the devil still tries to throw those thoughts at me. The devil still tries to discourage. He still tries to make me feel certain ways. But do you think that I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. It's very uncertain. No, you discard, you cast down imaginations. You take every thought captive. You make it obey Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, the Bible does say death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And so you've got not only the power to speak life, but to speak death. I am not going to allow myself to speak death over my life, over my family, over my ministry. It's going to be life. It's going to be what the word of God says. Remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. So the word of God is spiritual life. In fact, put that in the comments. The word of God is spiritual life. Hallelujah. The word of God is spiritual life. That means when you speak this, you are speaking spiritual life. When I speak the word, I am speaking spiritual life. Glory to God. No question about it. When I speak God's word, I'm speaking spiritual life. So I don't, I don't mess around and just say what everybody else is saying and agree with the culture. And yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what I heard they're doing now? 
get ready for what the government does next. Who cares what they do? Who cares the plan of the Antichrist agenda? Who cares what evil men are doing behind closed doors as they shake hands and smile? Who cares what the culture's doing? Who cares what corporations are doing? Who cares what they say the church can or can't do? We're not governed by some uh, extra biblical, extra spiritual system. We're not governed by them. So I don't care what the news is. I don't care what the report says. The report of the world is not the report of the Lord. I have decided to believe the report of the Lord. That's why I didn't get shook up for the last 38 months when everybody's talking about the church is in trouble. You better watch out. Churches. I, I didn't get all shook up by that. People talk, talking that way. Because I understood and I started preaching that it is impossible for the church to be in trouble because the Bible says, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What did I do? I heard what people were saying, but I took those thoughts captive, made them obey Jesus Christ, and then started saying what the Bible says. You say what the Bible says, and that's spiritual life being released. You should feel and I, many of you have because you've been in our revival services, but you should feel the gift of faith go through the roof when you start preaching like that to a crowd of people. That the church is not now, never has been, never will be in trouble because the devil doesn't have the authority to put the church in trouble. Demons don't have the authority. Governments don't have the authority to put the church in trouble. Jesus is still the head of the church. He said he'd build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. You should feel the gift of faith shake the room when you preach like that. Versus, uh, you know, these, these void of faith numbskulls. Oh, we know we need to just pray. Just, we just need to just press in and pray because the church is in trouble. Church is not in trouble. People have given far too much credit to the devil, far too much credit to demons and governments, far too much credit to the Antichrist system. It's already defeated. We're already victorious. We're not going to be victorious. We already are. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Not going to be victorious. We already are. Already are. And so when you understand these things from the word of God, it sets a standard. First of all, it fills you with faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans chapter 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you fill yourself with the word, part of the cleansing comes because you're being filled with faith and it sets a standard now that if things don't match that standard, you know, take that captive, and make it obey Jesus Christ. But on top of that, on top of that, it also equips you. The word of God equips you. I'll read you Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. Listen to this. Acts 20 and verse 32. The Bible says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. The word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. There's number one. When the word of grace comes to you, it, it is able to build you up. And do what else? And to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So it builds you up, number one, and gives you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. So the word of God has the power to build you up. So when you have, and part of that is by giving you faith. It admonishes you, it encourages you, it equips you, and it builds you up. Why? To do what God's called you to do. So as we move into a new year, the reason, now look at this. Now I wrote this book on fasting and of course all the, it's filled with scripture. But when we go through this 21 day fast, another thing I did is I created the 21 day fast field guide. Now this was not just to have something separate, uh, you know, put another book out. That's not what this is about. I realized after having done 21 day fasts for years and years and years, Knowing what it's like to go through a fast, I learned a thing or two. One of the things that I learned, and, and I, I love Bishop David Oyedepo helped me to learn this and to see this, is that, and Jesus, Jesus dealt with this as he fasted, that when you read and study the word of God, 
It is like spiritual food to your body. Spiritual, let me tell you something. If you fast without prayer and reading the word of God, you will just be miserable. You will be on a hunger strike that you will get off of as quickly as possible. If you're, if you're fasting, but you're not praying and reading God's word, you might as well just start eating something. You might as well just start eating because you're not serious about what God's doing. So one of the things I did in the field guide, the, the 21 day fast field guide is I didn't just give you prayer points. I didn't just give you teaching, but we guide you through a reading of the entire New Testament in 21 days. Now, let me tell you, so man, I can't believe you, you read that much in 21 days. Yes, because if you're not, if you're not eating and you've focused yourself on God, there's a lot of extra time in your day to not watch Netflix and binge that and all this other stuff. You've got time to sit down and read the word of God. And uh, I think we, we split it up and into like something like 10 to 12 uh, chapters a day or something like that. But really, it gives you the ability to go through the whole New Testament in 21 days. 21 days. So what are we doing? We're making sure that during our fasting and prayer, we are reading, ingesting, filling ourselves with the word of God, filling our, not just praying, filling ourselves with the word of God. And, um, that's why I wanted you to register because if you register for the fast at, at miracleword.com forward slash fast 23, we're not just, uh, giving you all the, we're giving you all these resources for free plus an additional discount to get those two books together if you don't already have them. So do that before the broadcast comes to an end. Let me show you this. He said to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. An inheritance. Last thing. Let me show you this. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Get this with me now. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Let me say it again. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God, really that the, the Greek here is the messenger of God. So whether you're a man or a woman, if you're a messenger of God, you may be complete and equipped for every good work. You see that? So the word of God has the ability to equip you for every good work. That means there's nothing you're called to do that you'll not be able to accomplish if you are filling yourself with the word of God. Very important. So it's not just to cleanse you, but to equip you. Now, let me break that down practically. What does that mean for our 2023, this year of transformation, you have to make up your mind ahead of time that if God put a word in your spirit, if there's a word over your life, don't let go of that word. It's going to come to pass, but pursue that word. I am blown away by how many people get an instruction from God and they sit on it and sit on it and sit on it and sit on it. It's a slap in the face to God. He's got a plan to bless you. He's got a plan to increase you. He's got a plan to help you. And people sit on it and sit on it. You, you come back to him three years later. How's that going with that thing that uh, the Lord, well, you know, we're getting around to it. I'm just kind of thinking of the best way to do it. They've sat on it for three years. God can't use people like that. God cannot use people like that. You have to put yourself in gear and do what God's called you to do. Part of what it's going to take to see transformation is it's going to see, uh, it's going to take the renewal of your mind, the renewal of your mind. You have to start now this, this, I know that this is a discipline part. You may have to start thinking about things a, a, a way you've never thought about them before. You may have to start thinking about things the way you've never thought about it before ever in your entire life. Oh, I, Trust me when I tell you, when you shift your mindset to prioritize God's word in your life, it changes everything, changes absolutely everything. I'll, I'll tell you, every time my wife and I have made a big decision, I don't care what it is, 
whether it was the first crusade we ever did, and we had so much money set aside in money market and savings. And I remember still to this day, the Lord told us specifically, take all that money that you have saved up and you sow it. And you've got a young family and you've got responsibilities and all these different things. And you get an instruction from the Holy Spirit. You better have a renewed mind. You better know what the Lord's telling you to do. I didn't sit on that for three years. We immediately emptied every one of those accounts and we gave. And we gave, but it's only because the Lord instructed us to give. Let me just say this. And I, I feel to say this by my spirit right now. There are people that God has told them to do a thing. He's told them to do a thing. It's not to give, it's to do a thing. But they, they try to give their way through it to appease God because they don't want to do the thing. But I, no amount of seed sowing, no amount of seed sowing will make up for your disobedience. I don't care how much money. I don't care if people give a hundred thousand, one million dollar offerings to God. It doesn't matter. If God's asking you to do a thing, to do a thing, to accomplish a thing, no amount of seed sowing is going to satisfy the obedience that you're required to produce for God. That's big. Nobody, you don't hear preachers talk like that, but I'm telling you straight up, that it doesn't matter. People try to give their way out of obedience. You can't give your way out of obedience. Well, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not able to go do what God told me to do, but I'm just going to give him a large, really, offering that's going to shake our... That doesn't mean anything to God if you're not obeying him. Are you ready for this? Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what that whole verse means. It's not about the sacrifice. It's about the obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When the Lord spoke to me and my wife to move to Florida, I could have got all uncomfortable, like, no, I don't, I don't know about that. That's a big move. You know what? Rather than moving to Florida, let's just give the Lord a $20,000 offering. Let's give the Lord a $50,000 offering. It's just, let's just bless our church where we're at right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with that. Those are two separate things. Give if you want to give, but you better obey the voice of the Lord. You better obey the voice of the Lord. And there's people that the Lord's trying to move them into something in 2023, but they've not done the thing he's asking them to do. You've got to change the way you think about it. And you know what happens? And I'm going to be very honest with you. This is what happens to people is that they, they let it sit so long. It doesn't mean much to them anymore. There's no urgency for them anymore to, to do what the Lord's asked them to do. I knew a guy once and he had all this unction to, to produce. And so you watch it happen. God blesses him with everything he needed. Literally had all of the equipment that he had, uh, all of the computers, all the programs, all the, all the hardware, everything he needed to produce, never produced one thing because he, he put this mindset on always waiting for the next thing, always waiting for the next thing. Always. I need the next best thing and just wouldn't do the thing the Lord had told him to do. To this day, he's not done one thing. And that was like 15 years ago, 15 years ago. And what ends up happening is people sit on their word and sit on their word until the urgency for their word is gone. They get in their flesh. They don't obey it. And as a result, they stay stuck in a mess. They're stuck in a mess because they've done other things other than renew their mind and transform and do what God's called them to do. The transformation is not accidental. It takes a step of faith, but it makes you, you have to think different about it, differently about it first. You got to think differently about it first. It has to be prioritized. What is God asking me to do? And then fill me with the faith, Lord, to do it. And then do it as quickly as you can do it. Do it as quickly as you can do it. People will try to talk you out of it. It happens all the time, every time. Well, are you really sure? I don't know if you've checked on the prices on that. It happens every time. Anytime the Lord tells you to do something new, the enemy will send people that are in their flesh to say things filled with doubt and unbelief to keep you from accomplishing your purpose. This is why many Christians never see transformation. You go back 20 years later, they're still in the same place they've always been. They don't transform, they conform. They conform because they're not willing to think about it differently, to put the urgency in their spirit and step out. We're, listen, the, the victory tribe's not called to look the same 
and the same and the same. 2023, not only is it not going to look like 2020 or 2021, it's not going to look like 2022. I don't care that they're back-to-back years. Not going to look anything the same. 2022, for us, didn't look anything like 2021. We kept saying, well, you know, we got so much going on with the Bible school, so much going on with filming and all the other things. We need more time home, and we're going to do less. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll spend less time in revival, more time working. And let me tell you, we've done more this year than we have any other year of our ministry. Any other year. 34 cities, 41 weeks of revival, 190 services. 190 services <laughs> in one year. When we thought we couldn't do any more, we did more. We did more. And I finished the year, as you saw at the beginning of this video, quickly flying over to Bogota, Colombia, and seeing revival hit. And it's just increase. You can't stop the increase, and you can't stop moving forward. The Lord will help you if you will move. Remember this now. The miracle, see, this, this, this also has to be, this also has to be something, and this will be my last thought. Th this also has to be something that's with the transformation of your mind because it doesn't make sense to move forward sometimes because of what things look like. It doesn't make sense to, to, to move forward. It doesn't, doesn't look normal. Like, let me give you an example. When Jesus had the servants in front of him at the wedding in John 2, and they said, we need wine. He said, great, fill those stone pots with water. Fill the stone pots with water. He didn't do a miracle in front of the servants and say, wine now in my name. And they all looked down and there's wine in the pots and they bore them to the master of the feast. That's not how it happened. He fit, they filled the stone pots with water and he said to them, now go and take it to the master of the feast. It was still water when they started walking. Get that in your spirit. It was still water when they started walking. You know why? Because the miracle is in the move. Put it in the comments, put it in your notes. The miracle is in the move. In your movement of obedience, that's when God begins to move. In your movement of obedience, that's when God begins to move. The miracle's in the move. In Joshua chapter 3, the Lord spoke to his people and said, the priests who are bearing the Ark of the Covenant are going to go out towards the Jordan River, and when they get to the uh, Jordan River, the waters are going to part. We're going to go across on dry ground. The waters didn't part. First of all, they didn't part when they just started walking. They parted as they not only walked, but the Bible specifically says, and when the feet of the priests who were bearing the ark touched the brink of the water, they didn't have to get out all the way out into the middle of the river. When they touched the brink of the water, the waters parted. And then they walked out to the middle on dry ground. But the miracle was in the move. If they never picked the, the ark up and they never started walking, waters don't part. The waters don't part. But if you notice what happened, as they moved in obedience, as their feet touched their purpose, get that, as their feet touched their purpose, the miracle began. The miracle is in the move. The movement of obedience. And I'm telling you, whatever it might be that the Lord's going to release to you in 2023, prepare yourself to move in obedience Whatever that looks like to you, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. But when he speaks, the miracle's in the movement of obedience. We don't sit back and say, well, I'm just waiting until God parts the water. No, move, and as you move, he'll part the water. I'm just sitting back, I'm waiting until he turns water into wine. No, move, and the water will be turned into wine. God moves when you move. God moves when you move. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, for every person that's watching me, that's believing, for 23 to be a year of transformation and miracles, I pray that you'd give them instructions ahead of time. Lord, even in our uh, moments of fasting and prayer, open up their spirit, give them uh, marching orders, if you will, and let us run with momentum. I thank you that your word declares that unless you build the house, we labor in vain. 
So Lord, we're asking you to let us hear what you're building for our lives, families, and ministries, and then let us run in that obedience. And as we move, we thank you that the miracle will begin supernaturally. It won't even look like it makes sense, but you will do the impossible and the incredible by the power of your spirit. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.